Somerset Maugham. It occurred to me that the greatest compensation of old age is its freedom of spirit. I suppose that is accompanied by a certain indifference to many of the things that men in their prime think important. Another compensation is that it liberates you from envy, hatred and malice. I do not believe that I envy anyone. I have made the most I could of such gifts as nature provided me with. I do not envy the success of others. I am quite willing to vacate the little niche I have occupied so long and let another step into it. I no longer mind what people think of me. They can take me or leave me. I am mildly pleased when they appear to like me and undisturbed if I know they don't. I have long known that there is something in me that antagonizes certain persons. I think it very natural. No one can like everyone and their ill will interests rather than discomposes me. I am only curious to know what it is in me that is antipathetic to them. Nor do I mind what they think of me as a writer. On the whole, I have done what I set out to do, and the rest does not concern me. I have never much cared for the notoriety which surrounds the, the successful writer, and which many of us are simple enough to mistake for fame. And I have often wished that I had written under a pseudonym, so that I might have passed through the world unnoticed. I did indeed write my first novel under one, and only put my own name to it, because my publisher warned me that the book might be violently attacked, and I didn't wish to hide myself under a made-up name. I suppose few authors can help cherishing a secret hope that they will not be entirely forgotten the moment they die. And I have occasionally amused myself by weighing the chances I have of survival for a brief period. My best book is generally supposed to be of human bondage. Its sales prove that it is still widely read, and it was published 30 years ago. It is a long life for a novel. But posterity is little inclined to occupy itself with works of great length. And I take it that with the passing of the present generation, which, very much to my own surprise, has found it significant, it will be forgotten along with many other better books. I think that one or two of my comedies may retain for some time a kind of pale life, for they are written in the tradition of English comedy, and on that account may find a place in the long line that began with the Restoration Dramatists, and in the plays of Noel Coward continues to please. It may be that they will secure me a line or two in the histories of the English theatre. I think a few of my best stories will find their way into anthologies for a good many years to come, if only because some of them deal with circumstances and places to which the passage of time and the growth of civilization will have given a romantic glamour. This is slender baggage, two or three plays and a dozen short stories, with which to set out on a journey to the future, but it is better than nothing. And if I am mistaken and I am forgotten a month after my death, I shall know nothing about it. 
Ten years ago, I made my final bow on the stage. The press and my friends thought I didn't mean it, and in a year or so would emerge from my retirement. But I never have, nor have I had any inclination to do so. Some years ago, I decided to write four more novels and then have done with fiction also. One I have written, but I think it unlikely now that I shall write the other three. One was to be a miracle story set in 16th century Spain. The second, a story of Machiavelli's stay with Caesar Borgia in the Romagna, which gave him the best of his material for the prince. And I propose to interweave with their conversations the material on which Machiavelli founded his play Mandragola. Knowing how often the author makes up his fiction from incidents of his own experience, trifling perhaps, and made interesting or dramatic only by his power of creation. I thought it would be amusing to reverse the process and from the play guess at the events that may have occasioned it. I meant to end up with a novel about a working-class family in the slums of Bermondsey. I thought it would, be, it would form a pleasing termination to my career to finish with the same sort of story of the shiftless poor of London as I had begun with fifty years before. But I am content now to keep these three novels as an amusement for my idle reveries. That is how the author gets most delight out of his books. When once he has written them, they are his no longer, and he can no more entertain himself with the conversations and actions of the persons of his fancy. Nor do I think I am likely at the age of 70 or over to write anything of any great value. Incentive fails, energy fails, invention fails. The histories of literature, with pitying sympathy sometimes, but more often with a curt indifference, dismiss the works of even the greatest writer's old age. And I have myself sadly witnessed the lamentable falling off of talented authors among my friends who went on writing when their powers were but a shadow of what they had been. The best of the communication an author has to make is to his own generation, and he is wise to let the generation that succeeds his choose its own exponents. They will do it whether he lets them or not. His language will be Greek to them. I don't think I can write anything more that will add to the pattern I have sought to make of my life and its activities. I have fulfilled myself, and I am willing to call it a day.